Mike Broomhead, you always say I sound like I have more energy on Friday. Yes. I feel it this morning for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's because of Thanksgiving vacation coming up. Well, you know, it's like, remember at the end of the uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York, Christmas officially starts when they see Santa Claus at the end of the parade. Right? Yes. The weekend officially starts when you say Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Mike Broomhead. Thanks, thanks, Jamie. And Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to the weekend. Hope you've got a great one planned. The final weekend before Thanksgiving. Can you believe we are entering the holidays next week? Um... We've got to talk about the economy. Coming up at 835, we continue our conversation about Arizona politics and what's happening. A lot of people speaking out. I find it very interesting because of my involvement with um, with Arizona politics for so long. We're going to speak with another former GOP chair. His name is Robert Graham and kind of get the impression of where this where this has all gone to, because there is a big question about the head of the party and about the direction of the party nationally. There's other people talking about running for the RNC chair and other things. So we're going to talk about Arizona politics with someone that's been invested in it for a long time. So we'll get to that coming up at 835. We start off this morning talking about the um, economy. So yesterday on the show, we had Kristen Bench join us. And uh, Kristen Bench joined us and talked about um, interest or about, yeah, raising the Fed, raising rates. And uh, it was interesting to me to talk about that because uh, she said she believes the Fed is going to lift rates by 50 basis points. Uh, here is a headline from Yahoo Finance that just came out this morning. Fed to lift rates by 50 basis points. That's why I put Kristen Bentz on the show. Um, she's rarely wrong, and it's not not necessarily good news, but what will it do to slow the economy further? Will we reduce inflation because we're going to see the economy slow? That remains to be seen. But we also understand that fuel prices have gone up. We have Well, gas prices have kind of fluctuated. They're down from their peak, but they're up again. They're continuing to go up. The big headline is Thanksgiving will be the most expensive gas prices we've ever seen in the U.S. And we know that the um, diesel prices, diesel fuel continues to be extraordinarily high. Here's an interesting story as I have the conversation and I, I welcome them on social media with people. I understand where I come from politically influences what I think just like everyone else's does. But I also try to go out and try to find things to back things up or defeat what I think is true. And I have said for a long time that this administration is causing a lot of the problems that are happening. Not all of them. The president's right about Russia and the oil crisis coming out of Russia. He's right about a lot of different things. But what he's wrong about is saying that none of it's his fault. Uh, we had the energy secretary, Granholm, on this show. She was in Arizona touring and looking at plants, uh, uh, power plants and talking about energy. And she was kind enough to call in and she was a great guest. And she went down the laundry list of things that are affecting the price of energy in the U.S. And at the very end of it, after she blamed a lot of different things, the oil companies and, and things of that nature, I asked her at the end, is there anything in the administration's policies that are contributing to the increase in price in fuel? And she said, no, it was a complete and utter denial of any responsibility whatsoever. I don't believe that's true. And the vast majority of Americans don't believe it's true. So here's something to consider. The Environmental Protection Agency on Thursday, as yesterday, announced that a large idled refinery in the U.S. Virgin Islands will remain shut down until it acquires a new Clean Air Act permit amid a national diesel shortage. So I want everybody out there that is um, affected by the price of diesel fuel, and that's everybody out there. 
if it's been put on a truck, if you're in the agriculture industry. I talked to you yesterday about a friend of mine who was talking about the limits on diesel that are available right now. They're paying extraordinarily high prices, and now they're being limited. There was a gas shortage in the 1970s. The similarities in policy and the similarities in outcome between the Carter administration in the 1970s and the Biden administration in the 21st century in when it comes to energy policy is extraordinary. Now, two different times. But if you look at the policies and the results, for those of you old enough to remember and for those of you that aren't, let me explain. In the 1970s, I was a little boy, but in the 1970s, there was a fake energy crisis. And I say fake because it wasn't really an energy crisis. But in America, there were gas lines and people, depending on where you lived, and I don't remember because I was nine, was it a national standard or was it state by state? But where I lived, um, you had to uh, you had to get in line for gasoline based on your license plate. And it was A through whatever and then N through like – A through M and then N through Z. Um, if you were – you got them on alternating days. And there were lines, very long lines for fuel in the 1970s. And now we're seeing a shortage in diesel that is crippling the industry. It is causing prices to be extraordinarily high. Here we are, the EPA slowing down as we – and the, the thing with diesel is that it's, it's a refining issue. The issue is we are not able to refine enough fuel to make sure there's enough to go around in the country. You couple this with a story that says we're not out of the woods when it comes to a rail strike, which would be crippling to our economy if a rail strike happens. So if that rail strike were to happen, then what happens to the need for diesel fuel? It is goes up immensely because just about everything's going to have to be flown or driven. So you're looking at. And and it is just an extraordinary expense for companies and individuals, small businesses when it comes to this. But we all pay a price because we are going to pay we pay a premium because they have to add that to the cost of doing business. So the St. Croix refinery owned by the West Indies Petroleum Limited in Port Hamilton Refining and Transportation has been shut down since June of 2021 and will have to obtain a prevention of significant deterioration permit, which would require the operators to provide detailed air quality analysis and use sophisticated air pollution control technology. Um, At the same time, the U.S. has only 26 days of diesel remaining in its commercial inventories, and a gallon of diesel is roughly $1.58 more expensive than it was in November of 2021. So, you know, I'm, I'm this isn't an I told you so. This is we need to wake up. I understand, like many of you understand, that the president believes climate change is the number one issue the world is facing. But you also understand and you must admit that it's the working class in America. There is nothing more working class than a truck driver. My dad worked in the trucking industry. My dad was a dispatcher for the third largest trucking company in America in the early 1970s. It was a a company called Spectre Freight out of Northfield, Ohio. And my dad worked for that company. My uncle, my mother's brother, my mom worked at that company. My parents worked there together. That's where they met. My mother's oldest brother, Kenny, worked on the docks. He was a teamster on the loading docks there in Northfield, Ohio. So I'm very familiar with the industry. I have friends who are independent truckers. So you go from a company like here you would have swift transportation and some of the other big ones where they are buying significant amounts of fuel for their vehicles and there are others that want to just go out on their own and they buy a rig and they go out and they work and they make good money but they work hard and long hours and this is the working class in America 
You're not going to find a more working class than these people. And the working class in America is inadvertently paying this price because of the cost of shipping things goes up so much. The other part of the working class I talked about yesterday is agriculture and their limits on trying to harvest harvest crops. And the issue there is even worse because starting in January, there's a lot of places in Pinal County that won't be able to do any agriculture work whatsoever. People having to sell off cattle because they can't water them. They are not going to have the water usage to grow crops, so they won't be. This is all a part of the nightmare that is happening in these industries. So... Um, when you look at this, the refinery, which was once one of the largest refineries in the world, used to be able to process 600,000 barrels of crude oil per day into gasoline and heating oil, a form of diesel. The price of heating oil is, was at 65% higher in October of 22 than it was in 2021. So on top of that, with that heavy oil that they used to create the heating oil, now you're moving into a time they just announced yesterday or the day before that they're moving a game out of Buffalo, New York, the Buffalo bills will be playing somewhere else because they're expecting to be under four feet of snow this weekend. So at a time when the heating oil is going to be necessary, the cost has gone up 65%. There has to be an acknowledgement that policy plays a role in this. Now, whether they do acknowledge it or they don't, the voting public understands it. The voting public understands what's happening. The good news is, and here's the, here's the opposition to this. Here is the antithesis of this. In Arizona, we added 100,000 jobs last year. 100,000 jobs. How different is Arizona? Now, would you say that Arizona is a state that ignores or neglects um, the planet? I don't think so. It's a beautiful place. Travel around Arizona and the breathtaking. It's one of the things that I love most about this is you can be in the valley and you can travel a couple of hours in any direction and feel like you're in a completely different world. It's absolutely incredible. I have some close friends that have a place up in Christopher Creek, and it is life-altering. I mean, I sit on the back patio when I get a chance to go up there with them or with my family when they're in town. I sit inside and look out the window into the backyard in the beautiful forest. You can go up a place like Havasupai, which looks like a mirror. It is a miracle. And so we wouldn't ignore that here. But what we've done here in Arizona is we've become business friendly on a multifaceted approach. We make sure that you and I have availability to work. How do we do that? We make sure that these businesses are set to succeed. And what when when bad economic times happen, the government shouldn't be in the way of you making a profit or doing your job. And that's what's happening in many industries and none of them more than the fuel industry, the fossil fuel industry. The federal government is standing in the way and standing in the way. And in the end, what happens? You and I pay the price. If you think it's necessary, great. I disagree with you. But you have to acknowledge that it's happening. And we'll, I, how many more people are going to start acknowledging that this is happening? Coming up in a moment, Robert Graham joins me, former AZGOP chairman. We're going to talk about the direction of not just the Republican Party in Arizona, but politics in Arizona. As we've got election deniers, are people going to walk away and not vote? What needs to happen with the elections moving forward? And we are going to get specific about the Republican Party. All that's coming up here in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Well, I've been on the right a few 
Hey, thanks for being here. It's the Mike Broomhead Show. We appreciate you spending some time with us. A lot of eyes on Arizona politics, especially the AZGOP. Maricopa County mistakes that were made with the election, more election denial, and the direction of what happens, what should have been a red wave, and that not happening. It has a lot of Republicans in Arizona questioning leadership. So we've been talking to Republican leadership. We had Karen Taylor Robeson on, who was one of the gubernatorial candidates in the primary, longtime Republican, decades as a PC or a precinct committeeman. Matt Salmon, former chairman himself, joined us yesterday to talk about the future. We know that Governor Jan Brewer, former governor in Arizona, was on with Gatos and Chad. So we continue that theme. Along with us right now is Robert Graham, former AZGOP chairman. Robert, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Thank you. Very, very good to be here. Let's uh, let's talk about your your opinions on this. Karen Taylor Robeson asked for the resignation of the current chair. Um, Governor Jan Brewer said on the afternoon show that it's been an unmitigated disaster. Um, Matt Salmon echoed that sentiment. Where are you on where the party is right now? Are you surprised where we are? And what do you think needs to happen? Well, I'm surprised where we are, because even if you look at the 2014 cycle, 16 cycle, even going into 2018 cycle, the AZGOP, we really built a foundation that was remarkable. We were non-traditional Republican communities. We were reaching into virtually everybody's backyard to communicate about the Great Opportunity Party, and it brought a a continuity amongst the voters, but it also brought continuity amongst the factions of the party. So people saw, look, we're rolling in a direction that meant victory, and victory starts for parties in the general election. That's where we focus and we do the best we possibly can. Since the very beginning, the time that uh, Kelly Ward took office as it relates to the chairman of the Republican Party in Arizona, she lost all reality, no operational structure. Her vitriol and anger and divisiveness all started targeting with inside the Republican Party. So what that naturally does is create factions again. And then when we're all not rolling in the same direction, you're not going to have great outcomes. And when you talk as a, a chairman in the primary or try to endorse people in the primary, what that does is it tips the scale and you bounce people off the back of the bus because there's some people that liked Karen there's other people that like Carrie Lake so if you support Carrie Lake then the Karen people are going to ditch the party and that's what happened so she just systematically erased any continuity that we have so when you say unmitigated disaster I would tell you it goes beyond that because now you have to repair it right so you have a, you have to start to pull it back together and do what you can and that, that's going to be one of the biggest challenges especially for the next chair coming into this In a time where nationally we had seen non-white voters moving more, not as a majority, but moving more to the Republican side than ever before, how did that not happen in Arizona? Is that part of this issue? It is. I mean, look, if you if you don't have a what do people want? Just look at people in general. They, they want jobs, opportunity, prosperity, safety, good education, these core principles. And you never heard that once come out of anybody's mouth on the GOP side as it related to leadership at the AZ GOP. It was more about the election denial. It was anger. We don't like this person. Even, you know, the likes comments uh, about the, the late. Senator McCain, you just go, you can't do this. You can't think this way. So people don't want to, they don't want to hear about the anger and vitriol and the drama. They don't need any more drama in their lives. What they want is somebody to come with solutions and, and to drive it forward. So when you start looking at the different minority communities, they were coming to the GOP because they started to see these guys create jobs. These guys create opportunities. They do it. But when that message is completely lost by this anger and this discontent, 
they, they lose it, right? So they return to something that's more traditional, familiar. And so some, some of these people to cross the line and vote for the GOP over the last handful of years, it took a lot of courage to do that because they get some um, blowback sometimes if they're, if they're open about who they voted for. And uh, they did that, but now nobody had their back. No, there was no cover for them because there was no seeming reason to vote GOP this, this last cycle, especially here in Arizona with, with that type of uh, rhetoric. Former AZ GOP chairman Robert Graham joins us. Um, so uh, let's talk about the election denial part of things. Now, there were huge mistakes made in Maricopa County. We know that there were delays on Election Day, which fueled that fire. But do you agree with the approach by Carrie Lake right now and what she's doing in fighting this? Would you, would you if you were the GOP chair, would you recommend that she continue this fight? So anytime you have an election like this, you pour your heart, mind, soul into it. So it's it's a very unusual, it's a terrible feeling being a candidate, quite honestly. And so when they spend so much money and time, I think it's appropriate that people lean, try to get as much information as they possibly can. Coming out and suggesting that it was fraud or that uh, the incompetence caused her to lose, I think it's too early to ever say anything like this. So if I was an easy GOP chair, I would say, look, you know, when we if we get into the threshold of a recount, then you get into the threshold of recount. We have laws to protect and do that. But again, you find irregularities in virtually every election all the time. If you can't inspire people to win by more than 16,000 votes or to close that gap, then I think it has more to do with your delivery of message than it does for having a few machines that aren't working properly. So again, you have to be very careful with the way you approach this. You see, people have lost an amazing amount of credibility and without any supporting data for what they, they believe in this election now. If it happens again, like now, if she leans in and digs into this thing, I mean, if she finds something, great, but I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think right now she, she lost the voters uh, because of uh, just the election now. One example I'll give you why I think that is, is absolutely true. Look at Kimberly Yee, for instance. Kimberly Yee is a pretty, she's a, she's a hard worker, puts her head down, just kind of pushes forward. She didn't get caught up in the snares of all this election denial. She did not get an endorsement from Donald Trump. She beat all of the election denial type candidates by anywhere from 100 to 200,000 votes on our same side. So that means Republicans were turning out. They were voting for people. Independents were voting for Republicans. This this intensity and vitriol and the drama that was present in all of these campaigns is what people were shying away from. So I would tell you that. And look, we we maintain control of our legislature. We took you know we have a we did well in the Corporation Commission. And we start looking at things like that. And what that tells you is people were voting. They just did not want to vote for those people. So the down ticket, I think people skipped over the governor's race. I think they skipped over some of the other races like Blake Masters and, and others just because they were done, fed up with it. So I think there was a good turnout, but I think it just wasn't direct. They didn't want to vote for candidates or they didn't quite believe in it. You know, Robert, it's always great to catch up with you. And I appreciate the expertise and your depth of knowledge having done the job before. And uh, I hope you'll come back once this is all over. I'd love to get your perspective moving forward into 24. I would love to do it. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate all you do. All right. Thanks. That is Robert Graham, former AZ GOP chairman, with a little bit of insight and perspective that's pretty unique, having done the job himself. Coming up in just a moment, Gatos joins me, and it's the Big Q poll question of the day. The Gatos Big Q poll question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, happy Friday, Gatos. Uh, we made it through the week. Yeah, we did. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm closer than you are. That's okay. How did we do it? <laughs> but there was a lot of votes to be counted. There was a lot of people, you know, yelling at stuff, and it seems to be pretty much over. Isn't it wonderful? Well, yeah, we'll see. 
This uh, this attorney general's race has got me. I can't believe how close that race is. What is it like? Fifty votes yesterday? I, yeah, but it's up to now. I think it's up a few hundred. I, I have it in the it's, stack here somewhere. Let me look and see if I can see real quick. Talk I, while I while I look I, it up. I, I've never seen a closer race. Two hundred thirty six uh, votes. I've never seen a closer race. I know. It is unbelievable. Obviously, there'll be a recount. Why don't uh, they? Why don't they do it like a custody battle? Why doesn't she do it Monday, <laughs> Wednesday, Friday? He does it hey, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And they happens, take Sunday off. What happens if they tie? I don't know the rules in Arizona. If they tie, I, we should find that out. Yeah. What happens? Yeah, is it a coin toss? Do they thumb I mean, wrestle? What do you honestly? What do you do? You can't ask people to vote again. No. So what do you do? There's got to be rules in place. Like some places toss a coin. Other people is like drawn out of a hat. And there are rules in case there's a tie. I just don't know what they are. Do you, do you take like 10 votes and see who filled it? Who filled the circles in the best or, you know, I mean, what is it? It's unbelievable. Who stayed inside the lines? Right, right. I th- or it's what you said. <laughs> yep. you know, she could do it Monday and Tuesday. He could do it, you know, Thursday and Friday and Wednesday, you know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Burnovich stay on and let him let him work. <laughs> I don't know. But I got a ridiculous question. Let's hear you. it. It has nothing to do with the election. Awesome. Uh, High inflation is causing two out of three Americans to consider, this is for Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. opting for turkey alternatives. Hmm. Uh, Would you consider having a plant-based Thanksgiving to save a few bucks? I I cannot think of anything more horrible. Uh, A, yes. B, no. C, I'd rather eat dirt. Yeah. A people a, a plant based Thanksgiving. I, you, I that's insulting. <laughs> you want to hear? I I did a thing. Remember the old event Phoenix Cooks that used to happen here in the Valley? Yeah. So I was asked. They partnered us up with the, the, the old place I was at. They partners partners uh, partnered us up with chefs. So guess who they partnered me with? <laughs> who? Vegan cheese. <laughs> They partnered what? me with a vegan chef. What about me says vegan cheese? I would have beat up that chef. No, it was funny. I, I cracked a joke, and I thought it was funny, and some people in no. the crowd thought it was funny. The chef, not so much. Not so so they, much. they started doing a thing with kale. And so oh. I, I was on the microphone kind of narrating. I said, you know, if you use some coconut oil when you cook kale, it's easier to slide out of the pan into the trash can. And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. The chef, not so much. Not so much. <laughs> yeah. I have a rule. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not friends with vegans. If you're a vegan, you're dead to me. I don't want to be your friend. I, I just—it's one of those things. I can put up with Republicans, Democrats, Independents, uh, MAGA, AOC, right, crazies. I, got, I have ten seconds, but I need an answer very quickly. Yes. Who would you rather hang out with, an election denier or a vegan? An election denier. Oh, look at you. <laughs> Thanks, Gatos. See ya. <laughs> the BQ poll question today brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers.